listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Welcome to Windy City Slam Podcast. Here from the Windy City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, Mike Pankow here. And this week, I'm very, very excited to have a unique wrestling guest. He's not a wrestler. He's not a referee. He's not a promoter. He's not an announcer or anything like that. But he's an influencer He's a YouTuber, and he's a wrestling action figure aficionado. And we'll be talking to Matt Goldberg today about his history with wrestling action figures and so much more. So stay tuned for the big interview with Matt Goldberg. But first, let's get to some local Chicago wrestling news. From this past weekend, Chicago-style wrestling's With a Vengeance took place at the American Legion in Franklin Park last Friday, May the 21st. And courtesy of CSW General Manager Steve Arendt, here are the happenings from that show. AJ Flyer won the Futures Battle Royal. Then we had Axel Rico winning the number one contendership for the CSW Metro Division title in a four-way elimination over G-Sharp, Mario Padua, and Marco Anthony. Next, we had Jake from Wrestling defeating Action Jacks Johnson to retain the CSW Metro Division title. So it looks like down the line we'll have Jake from Wrestling against Axel Rico, which should absolutely be an awesome match. Then we had a three-way match for the CSW Women's title where Sky Blue retained the championship by defeating Heather Reckless and Evil Sierra. Now, those three have a pretty good... Level of experience against each other. That was a hell of a match. Sky Blue pulls it out, continues her lengthy reign in CSW. Hades X1X defeats Saban Gage in a chair match in what many said was a match of the night. CSW Tag Team Champions, the Bruise Brothers, Steve Boz and TJ Steele, and CNC Destruction, Cody James and Chris Miller, that match ended in a no contest as these two teams just... Beat the heck out of each other. Uh, Ref Turtle threw it out. And I can see this feud lasting for a good long time like it already has. It just kind of extended again. So I would not be surprised to see them going at it one more time at Lake in the Hills on June the 26th. That's the next show for CSW. I'm sure we'll talk more about that in the next few weeks. Then after that match, TJ Steele becomes the third local wrestler, at least in my memory, to propose in the ring. He proposes to his girlfriend, Ashley. Ashley says yes. Now, this is the third in-ring proposal that I have either seen or kind of heard about over the past three years. For Berwyn Championship Wrestling back in September of 2018, it was Mike Strong and Vega Venom. Then recently, as seen on ESPN's Instagram, was GPA and Laney Luck during one of their practice sessions. And now we have TJ Steele and his girlfriend Ashley 
getting together in the ring for an engagement. So congratulations to TJ and Ashley. Another great moment in the wrestling ring for love. (laughs) Back to the show real quick. Joey the Jet Avalon defeats Jake Painter. And at the end, Jake uh, Sky Blue tried to save Jake from the shovel that Joey carries to the ring, but Sierra intervenes, and Sky ended up injured. So perhaps Sierra and Sky Blue might be facing off in another match down the line. We'll have to see about that. Acid Jazz defeats Marche Rocket, but it wasn't not in a clean fashion, from what I'm hearing. So we might see Marche Rocket looking for some revenge on his. Sometimes partner, sometimes friend, sometimes enemy, Acid Jazz. Main event saw CSW champion Brubaker, CJ Esparza, and Garrison Creed in a six-man tag. They defeat the burning of Vic Capri, Nick Cutler, and Cypher. And it was a crazy, crazy match. The locker room had to come down to the ring to separate Capri and Brubaker at the end. This has been something brewing for a few months now. Brubaker ended up winning the CSW championship after Capri had to give it up due to injury. Obviously, Capri's still hungry for that title. He feels he's never lost it. Brubaker feels like he's the rightful champion. So I think in the next couple of months, we're going to see Brubaker and Capri finally go at it again for the CSW championship. So stay tuned there. A couple of other items from Chicago Style Wrestling Show. Episode of The Beauty Shop with Ryan Matthews, as he and his guest, Mateo Valentine, ended up brawling. And one other item, Marco Anthony attacked Steve Arendt for whatever reason, and then Axel Rico comes out for the save. So lots of storylines coming out of With a Vengeance for Chicago-style wrestling. Should be very interesting to see what the next couple of months bring for CSW. Now, turning to AAW Pro, they had their Alive Twitch stream this past Saturday night, May the 22nd. Six matches uh, on that show, with the main event, the Second Gear Crew. That's a team of One Called Manders and Matthew Justice. They defeat Ace Austin and Madman Fulton to become the new AAW Tag Team Champions. So congratulations to the Second Gear Crew. And real quick, I'm going to run down the other matches. Davey Vega defeats Travis Titan. Russ Jones defeats Joey the Jet Avalon. Sky Blue over Sierra. Frontman Jay defeats Ren Jones. And Ace Perry defeats Braden Lee. And one other somewhat local item of note. We're going to southeast Wisconsin slash the Milwaukee area. Cal Hero the up-and-coming star for OVW as well as Great Lakes Championship Wrestling, he makes his AEW Dark debut teaming up with Liam Gray against Billy Gunn and Colton Gunn of the Gun Club. Tuesday night on YouTube. Very excited to see Cal Hero on the big stage. Good luck to the Fanny Pet Kid Cal Hero. Coming up this weekend... We have a couple of events, one locally and then one nationally. WOWT presents Noche de Campeones at the Bruin Eagles Club Friday night, May the 28th. And real quick, running down the announced matches, WOWT champion Bandolero defeat, uh, defends his title against El Dragon. WOWT Chicago champion, Just Amazing, defends against AJ Flyer. 
Chicago sweetheart, Mr. Kate, three-time Windy City Slam podcast guest, defends the WOWT Women's Championship against Valentina Loca. Plus, we have this really cool match with young up-and-comer Axel Rico against veteran WWE slash ECW superstar Super Crazy. And then we have HWE champion Oso Turco against Siler Andrews. And then in a tag team bout, Westside Mafia takes on Alas de Fuego and Potro Romano. And in one other match, two young fan favorite wrestlers, Chico Suave takes on Austin Matthews. So that should be a killer show from WOWT. Uh, Noche de Campeones, Friday night, May 28th at the Bruin Eagles Club. And finally, Sunday, AEW, back on pay-per-view, Sunday, May the 30th at Daly's Place in Jacksonville, where supposedly it will be a full house of fans. So Tony Khan and AEW opening the doors to 100% attendance for their outdoor venue for double or nothing. So that should be very interesting to see how that runs. Action-packed, loaded show. In the main event, Kenny Omega defends the AEW Championship against Pac and Orange Cassie. I see Kenny continuing his reign of terror over AEW. I just don't see either Pac or Orange Cassidy winning that match. And here's my pick-to-click for the weekend. Britt Baker challenges AEW Women's Champion Hikaru Shida for the title. And my pick right now, new AEW Women's Champion, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Book it. Also, we have Hangman Page and Brian Cage, Page versus Cage. Miro defends the TNT Championship against Lance Archer, which should be a hell of a banger between those two guys. Two of my favorite guys on that roster, personally. The Young Bucks defending the AEW Tag Team Championships against Jon Moxley and Eddie Kingston. That should be pretty good, but I do see the Bucks retaining somehow, some way, by hook or by crook. Then we have Cody Rhodes against uh, former amateur boxer and Olympic boxer Anthony Ugogo. Then we have the team of Sting and Darby Allen against Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. In my opinion, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page, I mean, they both were in long-time tag teams. I thought it was time for them to go single. Scorpio Sky broke away from SCU, and Ethan Page is no longer with Joss Alexander, obviously. I thought both of these guys would be great singles guys in AEW. And what does AEW do? Put them together as a team. I think they're great as a team. They're two guys that have similar mindsets. They're really, really good wrestlers. But, man, give these guys one-on-one shots. You have enough tag teams in the company as it is. I just think Sky and Page need to be used better. I think they're better utilized as singles. And in the Stadium Stampede match, which should be really, really crazy, the pinnacle, MJF, Wardlow, Sean Spears, and FTR against the inner circle of Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz. Crazy Stadium Stampede match. That'll be at the Jaguar Stadium, which is right next door to Daly's place. And if the inner circle loses, they will disband. But my prediction, inner circle wins, and they stay together. Check that out. Pay-per-view Sunday night. AEW's Double or Nothing. And coming up in just moments, our guest, action figure connoisseur, Matt Goldberg. Stay tuned to Windy City Slam.
calling in to the Windy City Slam studio. I'm so very happy he's here. Uh, he's an influencer, a YouTuber, a wrestling action figure photographer. Uh, this is a little bit of a different type of guest than we're used to on Windy City Slam. A lot of times it's wrestlers. We had a referee on a few weeks back. We've had promoters on. We've had um, ring announcers and announcers. But for the very first time, we're going a little bit into wrestling figure collectibles. And ladies and gentlemen, for the first time on Windy City Slam podcast, Matt Goldberg. How are you doing today, Matt? I'm doing great. How are you? Awesome. Good deal. So first thing, how did this whole love for wrestling action figures begin for you? Sure. Um, so I've been, I would say, a fan since I was about four years old. I'm 30 now. And my dad used to, and my mom too, but mostly my dad um, would buy me wrestling figures as a kid. And I'd watch it a lot with my dad. And over the years, I just kept collecting them and as I got older, I never really outgrew it, um, and I just loved collecting, and then um, in my teens, I learned about stop-motion animation and created my own figure fed called uh, Crash Collision Wrestling on YouTube, and it really took off for me, as I don't think many people were doing animated figure feds back then, and uh, a few years later, Eric Bischoff found it, which was crazy. And he loved it and wanted to work with me, but I was just a teenager in high school, so I wasn't exactly in a position to to work with him. Um, and I did a lot of video work for Jack Specific, so Jeremy, who's at Jazzwares now, um, gave me my first break as a teen doing some video work with the UFC line. And just over the years, it's expanded into working with almost every wrestling collectible licensee I can really think of, to be honest. It's been a wild journey but i'm sure we could get into that later but that's a really super brief summary <laughs> absolutely and you mentioned eric bischoff you ended up doing some work for eric later on for impact at some point yeah i because uh, he wanted to work with me as a kid and obviously i wasn't in a position to do that at the time but i stayed in touch with him and i went to college in florida at the university of tampa to study film and television because um, I always had a passion for videography. And about six months into my freshman year, uh, Eric and Hogan went to Impact in Orlando, and I was in Tampa. And I asked him if there was a way he could help me get any kind of opportunity there while I was living down there. And he, uh, you know, pulled some strings, and I got to, you know, basically be like a crew member just hanging behind the scenes every weekend. Um, I'd go down like every, uh, actually I would go down during the week because obviously they weren't filming pay-per-views every weekend. But um, yeah, I'd go try and go down once a week as like an internship. And um, I helped with some of the backstage interviews and things at the time. And they had me doing, you know, like intern type things too. And then eventually um, I was taking a documentary class at school and college and you know they wanted us to make a documentary i was like well wouldn't it be cool to make a wrestling one being i have access to all the wrestlers there and that's when um, i had reached out to elijah burke since him and i bonded over collecting one day he uh i don't remember how we figured out we both like collecting figures or whatever um but one of my <laughs> fondest first memories with him is 
looking at ringside collectibles together backstage one day and just looking at all the figures that were coming out at the time. It was really funny. Um, but I did a short documentary with him for class, and that went to the Cannes Film Festival short film corner in 2010, I think it was. And then for my senior project, we had to do a film as well. And I wanted to do another one, being I was still at Impact, so that's when I approached uh, Tara Victoria, as I was pretty close with her then. Then her and I got really close, and we found out we both lived in Chicago at the time. So I would see her when I go back home um, from college for winter break and spring break and things like that. And, um, and yeah, and I'm still very close with both of them to this day. So that's like another super <laughs> simple summary of impact, but it was a lot of fun. That that's awesome. Uh, Lisa Marie Varen, who that's her real name. That's Tara and Victoria's real name. Yeah. She opened up a restaurant called the Squared Circle in Chicago. It was there probably for about four years. Um, north side of the city, kind of near Lincoln Park-ish, you know, not far from the DePaul campus, not super far from Wrigley Field. It was an awesome, awesome place. And you had a chance to kind of go a little bit behind the scenes with Lisa, not only with the restaurant, but apparently you did some sort of documentary with her as well. How did that come about? And then is there a place that we could actually watch this documentary? <laughs> sure. Um, so as I was mentioning earlier, so I needed to do a senior project for my graduation at uh, in Tampa. And I was like, you know, it'd be really cool to do a second documentary as the first one was so much fun to do with Elijah. And I wanted to focus on what it's like to be a female in like a male dominated industry. And I was happened to be friendly with Lisa because she was always one of the nicest to me backstage. Mm -hmm. And that always stood out to me much like Elijah did with me, which is why I became friends with them. And uh, Lisa and I worked together for a few weeks there. I remember meeting with her at her hotel to discuss the plan for the project and stuff. And then her husband, or now ex-husband, Lee, um, you know, got involved to make sure it was a legit project and things. And, um, you know, we really worked together. And then they loved working with me so much that I, when I moved back home, we started doing stuff on the restaurant and they let me uh, vlog and whatnot from there. Um, with Lisa and like I got to hang out at her house a few times and um, go around with her around town like I wish I filmed a lot more of that back then thinking on it now and uh, it's so sad that the restaurant's gone because I miss it so much but mm -hmm. um, as far as watching the project I get asked that a lot I never put them up because Impact was a giant turd about it way back when because they had no creative control over it you know, because they didn't make either film. They weren't, like, fond of it, I guess. Mm. And uh, Lisa tried helping me so much to get them to, like, send her and I to France because they went to Cannes as well. And that's, like, one of the biggest film festivals in the world. So it would have been a really cool publicity thing for Impact and Lisa and stuff. But they totally. were totally difficult about it from what I remember. And uh, she was really hurt by that, which... In the end, I think a lot of things, and that could have even been a little part of it too, maybe would have caused her to want to leave there. But um, I don't know. I uh, That's why when I moved back home after school, I 
made an effort to get to know her more and um, hang out with her and stuff. And I'm so sad she doesn't live here anymore because yeah. my wife loves her too. I've taken my wife Alyssa to see her a few times every time she's in town or whatever. And um, we actually just got to Zoom with her a few weeks ago too, which was really cool. So, um, yeah, I just miss her and I miss the restaurant. It was such a great place. Yeah, Lisa is awesome. I've met her numerous times. And a little cheap plug here from me here at Windy City <laughs> Slam. There is a story and a video interview from me with Lisa from Wizard World a couple of years ago. If you check out WindyCitySlam.com, you can go there. Uh, my personal YouTube, uh, Mike Pankow, my YouTube channel, has like a six or seven minute interview with Lisa. That was just a whole lot of fun. So go check it out. And, and again, the Squirt Circle Going back to that, Matt, awesome place. Their, their food was unbelievable. I mm -hmm. love the, the duck fat pizza. Yes. I love the wontons that they had. The Mac burger was incredible. Yes. Even their <laughs> side of mac and cheese. I mean, I'm just craving their food now. I mean, was there a favorite dish or meal that you had at the Squirt Circle? I'd say the Mac Attack burger was my go-to every time I went there. Um, I did try a few of it, a few of the items there. Um, I really liked, I think in that vlog, my buddy and I are eating like a pesto chicken pizza or something, which is really good. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember they had like that Elvis peanut butter burger, but that was too rich for my my stomach. But uh, I like trying all their wacky dishes and just the whole atmosphere of that place is so cool. And uh, I don't know, it's just there's nothing like it, you know, so it was really fun to be there. Yeah, with the wrestling pay-per-views that they'd show, right. the UFC fights. And Lisa was always on hand for a lot of that stuff. And mm -hmm. she got chummy with the customers and very friendly. And I just thought that was so cool of her to, to do that. Just She's just an everyday normal person, yep. not this <laughs> conceited um, celebrity, which I thought was really, really awesome about the whole thing. No, I agree. And I, that's why I love her so much because she's so personable not affected at all and that's how i try to be you know and that's why her and i click so well she's just so down to earth and so fuzzy warm and like a little fun story too she even came uh when i graduated college she came to my graduation party with her ex-husband which like to me was like mind-blowing to have her there you know as a, a long-time wrestling fan so it was really cool she did that for me and uh I just love her. She's seriously one of the nicest wrestlers you'll ever meet, as I'm sure you know. But Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so how did the whole gig with Ringside Collectibles come about, you know, as the years went on with your figure photography and stuff like that? Sure. Um, so the funny thing with Ringside, and not many people know this, um, I want to say it was like 2014, 2015, um, the owner of Ringside, Jonathan, is one of my good friends now. He, um, I don't know, I guess I was talking smack or something on the wrestling figure forum or whatever about something with them. And, uh, he had approached me because he knew my influence then on the community and he really wanted to work together to obviously combat me being negative about whatever the heck it was that I was negative about. And, uh, so we started to work together a little bit briefly. And then, um, 
once he started having competitors in the community, he really kicked up his influencer program with um, a lot of influential people in the community, including myself. And um, now I do a ton of photography for them. And him and I, I think are going to be discussing other projects together soon too. Um, but it's been really cool because they have such a huge platform and, you know, he'll send me product and say, Hey, can you make these figures look good? Cause like the, like the new Japan figures, they got images that weren't very good. And, you know, everybody went to town on it because they, a bad image makes a figure look like junk. So it was like a red alert emergency. And he said, Hey, I need you to make these figures look awesome and sure enough i did and like total 180 for them and everybody like loved it so much and uh so he comes to me a lot to make figures look even better uh than they are if i can for him and it's just a really cool relationship considering how much they've grown over the years and how wwe promotes them and i saw AEW promotes them now and uh, it's awesome to be a tag team partner with Ringside, I would say. <laughs> That's so cool, Matt. Uh, it's a job that I think a lot of us wrestling fans and toy collectors alike would just love to have. And you're one lucky son of a gun in that respect. <laughs> yeah, My hat's no. off. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, he, uh, I mean, a lot of hard work goes into that. So um, I'm very grateful to get the amount of product I do from him because it saves me a chunk of change every year, of course, but, um, it takes a lot of work for me to, to put into those photos for him because I'm so OCD with my photography and especially for him, like being, I have like exposure to 200,000 plus people on their page. Like I want to go all out with what I'm doing. And, uh, it takes a lot of creative energy for me to do that. But, um, I also promote them a lot on WrestleZone.com since I do a lot of collectible coverage and stuff over there. So it's like promotional advertising for them too. On and they reach a t like a million people or whatever, something crazy, on uh, their website. So everybody wins in the end. <laughs> So you've kind of gone away a little bit from your YouTube channel, but it's a really, really cool uh, look at wrestling figures, Crash Collision, as you were mentioning at one point, um, just figure reviews, different blogs and vlogs and such. Um, have you gotten to know people like Grimm's Toy Show or My Damn Toys, people like that in the industry? Sure. Yeah, I've uh, crossed paths with them online. Like My Damn Toys and I are good friends. Um, we talk quite often, and uh, Grim, I've talked to on Twitter. I mean, we we consider each other friends. I don't talk to him often. I mean, if I saw him, I'm sure we'd bond right away. But um, definitely, all know of each other and friendly with each other and things like that. And that's, you know, my wrestling figure family is something I've had for 15 years. So I love so much interacting with everybody and. Um, it's so important to me to create those everlasting relationships because, you know, it's my mental escape from hard times, especially this past year, as it yes. was hard for everybody. Like, my toys were absolutely my mental savior through all of it. And uh, I always try to keep a positive front on social media, too, even though it was a rough year for my wife and I. But um, without all you guys, I don't know where the heck I would be today, honestly. So... Uh, any run-ins with Matt Cardona at all? Um, I met Matt back at Money in the Bank in Chicago 
if you remember that forever. 2011? Yeah, I met that was that was a good show. That was an amazing show. <laughs> Great show. Um, yes. <laughs> um, but obviously neither of us were big on the collecting stuff like it is now. Like he wasn't as vocal about it then to my knowledge um like now but i don't know him personally i'm sure he knows of me because he shared my work a lot and um now they know i do all the jazzers photography and stuff so um it'd be nice to meet him and and uh introduce myself to him but it's like funny when at c2e2 i saw like the guy from pro wrestling tees ryan barkin or whatever the yes. owner and he already knew who i was and i was like how do you know who i am you know like it's just mind-boggling to me, I guess, how word travels about things. But it's just really cool, man. And, you know, I never try to let it get to my head because I'm so grateful for everybody and all the opportunity I've been so uh, fortunate to have over the years. But That's awesome. Uh, you're an avid collector, uh, wrestling especially, but other stuff too. I've seen Star Wars and various other things that you, you pick up with your <laughs> daily mail drops and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, first of all, what is your favorite figure, wrestling figure, or piece of wrestling collectibles? Oh, geez. Um, probably one of my go-to figures always since I was younger is probably the Jack's Classic Superstars uh, NWO Hulk Hogan. I've always loved that figure. Obviously, the Mattel Ultimate is a huge step up from that now, many years later. Um, yes. But I've always been a huge fan of uh, Hulk or Hollywood Hogan, especially since I was little. Um, so that figure, when it came out and looked the way it did with the real boas and everything, it was just one of my all-time favorites. Um, as far as a collectible, I guess... A really cool thing or two i'll give you two cool ones so okay in my collection i have a match used uh chair between samoa joe and abyss from an impact show and it has like, oh, a huge nice. dent in it from when it hit abyss's head and it's mind-boggling considering how stiff that chair is and to see the dent in it it's like oh my god <laughs> but uh you know a steel chair is pretty stiff so it's pretty crazy um and that I got at one of the impact tapings when um, I was just watching in the audience and I think we were front row or something and Joe threw the chair and it slid across the entire floor and went right under the barrier to my feet. And I was like, well, I'm taking this, like, this is so unique, you know, where are you going to get a match used chair from? <laughs> you know? So That's really awesome. Cool. Yeah. So my, uh, my dad was with me at the time, and we, it was at uh, Universal Studios, and I remember that yep. night, we were walking through the whole park to go home, or back to the hotel or whatever, with this giant destroyed chair in our hands. It was really funny, but, um, and then another one of my favorite collectible items, I guess I would say, um, is Eric Bischoff. I don't know if you remember him and Hulk show called Celebrity Championship Wrestling. Oh, that was a very short-lived program back in the day. Yes, I do kind of yeah. have some memory of it. Yes. It's on like the Country Channel or something, I think. CMT, I maybe? Yeah, I think so. Yep. Um, but Eric got me one of their promotional posters where it's like artwork of Hulk. And uh, he had Hulk sign it congratulating me. And uh, I think it was graduating high school, if I'm not mistaken. That's how far back that show goes. Um, 
but it's a really unique item and I'm not sure anybody really has those posters to my knowledge but the artwork on it is beautiful and just the fact that Hulk like personalized it to me like it meant so much uh, to me as a kid so that's just something else I really cherish in my collection yeah that's very very cool uh, I'll, I'll share what probably is my favorite sure. wrestling figure in my collection uh, it's sitting in my office as we speak uh, it's the Mattel Elite Series 16 CM Punk with the uh, Best in the sure. World t-shirt. Uh, That's a CM, great one. CM Punk is my pretty much one of my all-time favorites. He's just a Chicago guy. Yep. Cool dude. Um, and this figure really looks the part. The tattoos are so detailed. The face scan is really good. And I, ju I just love the entire figure in the package. And I have not taken it out of the package. <laughs> if I could get a second one, I might. Yeah, good but, luck now. Yeah, good luck now. Yeah, it's going for a couple hundred bucks at <laughs> least in secondary markets, I'm sure. So. Um, oh, I'm sure. That's yeah. easily one of his best, uh, in my opinion. I love that one, and I love his ringside exclusive uh, SES one. Right. Oh right. yeah, That's what with the mask. Idea. Yeah, I love with the mask and and the sling, I believe, as well. Yeah. And the big beard, and because it's so yep. unique to all his figures, I was like, that one's really cool. That's one of the few I don't have, actually. Really? Yeah, yeah that one goes for a crap ton of money, to my knowledge. But yeah, that's a good one if you could ever get your hands on it somehow. I probably have maybe ten to twelve punks um some open mostly in box but the yeah those are some of my favorites um that the um the jacks classic superstars ted dibiase with the million dollar belt that was oh, on my sure. one of my first figures that i got and it's one that's still sitting on one of my shelves here as well yeah. ringside exclusives mattel walter is an awesome figure as well yeah. and i use the code mbg at checkout <laughs> to save 10 percent. thank you <laughs> so <Thanks for> the <laughs> absolutely <laughs> that was also another that. awesome figure and uh yes. another one another thing that i have that i love is the three pack of the original three members of undisputed era uh cole fish and o'reilly I, I was able to get that off of amazon uh, about a year or so ago and, and I, these figures are awesome um great looks to them and the packaging is incredible yeah no that's a, a great set for sure and, i love that set and i've just started collecting aew fairly recently and probably my favorite figure that i've been able to get so far because <laughs> distribution's been yes. a little subpar at times uh, it's my Hangman Adam Page uh, series too. Uh, he's a guy that I kind of gravitated to. He's a really cool guy. I first saw him wrestle in person at uh, All Out in 2019 in Chicago. He was actually backstage for the um, media scrum, which I was a part of. Oh wow! He's despondent after his loss to Chris Jericho for the title, and a uh, little personal story that I may or may not have mentioned before on the podcast. But Pac comes in and starts, you know, kind of taunting him a bit. And he has a half-filled water bottle, chucks it towards Paige. And, of course, it skids off the little stage that he's standing on, hits me right in my left leg. So that's my little <laughs> war wound from uh, covering AEW. Which yeah, is I'm, really, a, really I'm cool. a big fan of Adam Page, too, honestly. And I didn't know of him until, really, until AEW. But that's one of my favorites in my collection, too, honestly. Yeah, and, uh, and Paige, too. I was able to meet him at C2E, too. 
down to earth, awesome. classy guy. Um, I love hearing that. Nice guy. And um, definitely a guy I would like to see get a bigger push down the line in AEW as well. And before we wrap up, um, do you have a preference between WWE or AEW in terms of the in-ring product? Or do you like all the wrestling companies? Um, I mean, I, I like them all. Lately, I haven't really been able to digest WWE a whole lot. Um, because it's just the Thunderdome, I think. Now that the crowds are coming back, I'll probably start watching more. Um, but AEW, to me, lately, just seems more intelligent to me. Like, I don't feel as insulted, I guess, if that makes sense, with the storytelling and just the feuds and things. And I don't know, it's just more, it feels like more a more mature product to watch lately compared to WWE. Um, and WWE, you know, they don't close up some of their stories or they wrap it up with something really stupid. And you're just like, why the hell did they do that? You know, not yeah. that AEW is perfect because I know like everybody was uh, head over heels over Jericho's fall at, off the cage or whatever recently. And uh, Yeah, just listen to Jim Cornette. He'll tell yeah. you all about AEW's <laughs> faults. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, neither are perfect, but I, I just love the industry. And honestly, I think I enjoy collecting the figures more than even watching wrestling as a whole these days. Um, but I, it's just a huge part of my life, as you know. So I love it no matter what it is. It's going to have its ups and downs at the end of the day. But All right, Matt. Um, <laughs> before we let you go um, with the rest of your week and doing more figure promotion... Go ahead, promote your social media, and if there's anything else down the pipeline that you can reveal that you're working on or even hint at. Sure. Um, so you could find all my photography at Instagram.com slash MBG1211. That's where uh, all my figure photography lives unless Ringside asked me to do some for them, which I am uh, planning to hop back on that real soon. Um, so you'll see a lot on their pages as well. As far as photography goes, uh, Twitter, you could follow me at Matt B. Goldberg. Um, that's my personal Twitter. And then I have a uh, Wrestling News collectible Twitter, which is WrestleFigNews. Um, so that's a really popular site, too. If you enjoy collecting, give that a follow. I always share all the latest news and tidbits that I'm able to share um, as soon as I can. So um, it's a great resource if you love collecting. And then you could find me on uh, WrestleZone.com. I do all the collectible toy coverage. So anything you see toy related is more than likely uh, written by me on there. Uh, Facebook is Facebook.com slash MBG Films. And then YouTube is MBG1211. Um, that's all my platforms, I think, that I could think of at the moment. Um, as far as what's in the pipeline, I'm definitely going to be doing some figure matches again real soon those have been a big drive also um, been making real life posters of the promotional posters i make for those those look sweet thank you yeah those have been like a crazy big hit um so it's really flattering that people like that artwork so much that they actually want to own it um so it's really cool but definitely look for more of those um and hopefully more jazzware stuff from me soon too i don't have anything lined up just yet but i'm sure that's in the pipeline too um, so it's been really cool. And yeah, thank you. <laughs>
Great interview with Matt Goldberg. Had a lot of fun talking about wrestling figures. Had a lot of fun talk uh, reminiscing about the Squared Circle with Lisa Marie Varen in Chicago. Really, really, really cool. Follow Matt's work. He's a really good guy. Really fun follow on Instagram and Twitter and YouTube. So check him out there. And next week on Windy City Slam Podcast, we'll talk about... AEW's Double or Nothing. We'll also talk a little bit about Warrior Wrestling Stadium Series as that comes closer. That first show is Saturday, June the 5th at Marion Catholic in Chicago Heights. And hopefully we'll have one other guest joining us to talk a little bit more of Chicago wrestling. Thanks for joining us on Windy City Slam Podcast. Have a good week, everybody.